you know, clients have their own focus, which it's not to blame them. I, right. I get it. It's, uh, but you can't sit back and wait. Uh, you got to go get it. Welcome to the Passion Behind the Art Show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the awesome story behind your passion. It's your host, Daryl Pinnock. Enjoy this week's episode. All right, I am excited to have on the Passion Behind the Art Show, Tom Cox, um, well-known designer and a pretty um, excellent designer. I met him at a meetup, um, Small Town Creatives. We'll talk more about that, but um, welcome, Tom. Thanks for having me, Daryl. Appreciate it. All right, Tom, let's kick it off. How did Tom's journey start? How did he his design journey start? Um, when did he know that design was his thing? Um, I would probably say probably around 1990. Um, I had just come out of the University of Georgia with an advertising degree. Um, before that, I'd went a couple years to a small college here in Georgia called Reinhardt uh, University uh, on a fine art scholarship. Transferred to UGA and thought, I'll never make it in fine art. I got to figure out how to make money with this thing. So switched to advertising, got out, thought, I'll be the next Don Draper. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be throwing creative director offers to me like crazy. So, of course, I got out of school, and uh, reality slapped me in the face. took me several, several months to get any kind of offer. Um, Ended up uh, with a small publishing company uh, in a position where I had to do basically everything from write copy to design brochures to design ads. uh, I mean, everything, the whole gamut, keep the budget, all that stuff. Wow. Um, so in that process, um, that was actually the first time I'd ever touched a Mac or any computer, uh, <laughs> never touched one in school. Uh, oh, I, I, I came out of school with marker comps. Um, so touched the Mac, started learning the Mac, um, actually learned Cork Express, uh, to begin with for all your older Listen, <laughs> we'll get a kick out of that. Uh, so, uh, but that's also where I first started to understand what design is. Um, I vividly remember flipping through some communication arts magazines at this uh, publishing company and seeing the work of uh, Duffy Design, Joe Duffy, Charles Anderson, and that just flipped my world as far as me understanding the power of design at the point of purchase and that you could really, you know, I mean, branding was not even the term back then, but it was, you could build the brand in that package on the shelf and connect with a person emotionally and, you know, basically intrigue them enough to make that purchase. That's and amazing. That's what hooked me. That's awesome, like, man. This is this is what I want to do. That's awesome. So <clears throat> you're out of school, you had your little um ups and downs with trying to get started, finally got started, realized that 
you're Mr. Do It, Do Everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, how long did it take from that point for you to? Because right now you're doing your own thing. Right. How long did you actually work with someone? Well, um, I worked at this small publishing company for two years. I was making practically nothing. Mm. Um, I was engaged with my sweetheart that I had met at the University of Georgia. She was still in school, but she was about to graduate. We were about to get married. Uh, I was um, uh, beyond anxious about how am I going to, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> To the point that I actually considered a career change. Oh. Um, I actually uh, considered going back to get a master's or changing jobs to go into sports management. I'm a big sports fan, always have been growing up. I wrote a letter to every major and minor league general manager in major league and minor league baseball. That, and this is 1991. Um, and I got several replies. I still have a stack of them over here uh, from all the with all the different major league letterheads and logos and stuff on the stationery. And some are typewriter, some are handwritten, giving me advice on what schools to consider. I actually had two job offers from two minor league teams um, that uh, would have continued to pay me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> But it would have been a way in if I wanted to go that direction. Uh, but at that same time period, about the same time period I got those two offers, I also got uh, an opportunity to interview at Coca-Cola. And that is, uh, that's what changed the direction of my life. Um, I got the interview, got a position at Coca-Cola as a designer. Um, because this was the time period where they were transitioning all of their packaging files to, from you know, flat art to digital. Oh. And they were looking for people who knew how to do that on the Mac. And so here I am, 24, year old, 24 years old, grew up in the Atlanta area, and all of a sudden I've got a job at the dream job. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I started at Coke in May of 92, got married in July, and uh, it's been going ever since. So anyway, to answer your question, I worked at Coke for eight years. Uh, I was recruited away from there to a company called March 1st, which okay. was uh, at the time around 2000 was competing with the likes of like Razorfish and Sapient and those guys. Uh, March 1st, it was just a conglomeration of just buying up all these little digital firms all over the world. Mm. They had like 10,000 plus employees. They hired me for the Atlanta office. And then they had great Aeron chairs everywhere. They had a pool table. They had video games everywhere. Uh, but the one thing they didn't have was clients. So, it's <laughs> a problem. Ten, yeah. <laughs> 10 months later, uh, they locked the doors, and I was out on the street with no severance, no health care, uh, a new baby at home, and uh, just out on the street. Um, so started doing a little freelance then just to, you know, try to make ends meet. Right. 
uh, ended up getting uh, a few months after that, I got a uh, creative director position uh, here locally uh, with a company uh, that sold, uh, they sell gear to the military and police. Okay. Nice. And they've been in, they've been in business for about 20 years. Um, their design, their brand was was lacking. Mm. <laughs> so uh, I went in. I took the position. I said, "Look, I'll I'll do this, but um, if I do it, I'm gonna I'm gonna update your brand. I'm gonna change your brand identity." And they were like, "Okay." They didn't really know what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> So I started taking them through the process uh, that I had learned at Coke, you know, how to create a brand identity from nothing. Awesome. Um, so uh, went through the process, did internal interviews, uh, did a big uh, ethnographic uh, demographic study, image mm -hmm. boards, all the, all the stuff. They had no clue what I was doing, but, you know, they, they trusted me long enough to get through that process. Uh, we launched the new identity, uh, and within two years, their revenue tripled. Wow. So I can't take all that credit. I know it's not every bit of a brand is not the identity, but I knew then, had full confidence that what I had learned at Coke works. It, it helps connect a brand with its customers. Wow. Um, so I took that. Uh, I was there for about three years, and I left there, went out on my own in 2005, and I've been on my own ever since. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about the, uh, the experience a little at Coke. Like, you, you hint on what you learned. What was that actually like? What was the, you know, what was that experience like? Um... It was uh, it was probably unique to what things are like at most in-house uh, things now. Uh, I like to joke that I was in-house before in-house was cool, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because to be honest, uh, most of the group that I was in was hired just to do production artwork. Mm. Um, but early on, I guess because I was just so young and stupid. Um, I just realized, you know, I don't really like production work <laughs> and I'm going to do everything I can to not do that. <laughs> wow. Um, so early on, I just kind of started taking some chances. I got to know, uh, we were in the department with these brand graphic managers, brand graphic directors who were in charge of, you know, basically working with the brand, different brand teams at Coke. And they were in charge of sending the design work out to different agencies okay. for stuff. But, you know, with every, I mean, Coke has a mul multitude of projects going on all the time. And some of them don't have budgets or that big of budgets. So mm. all of a sudden they realize, hey, we've got these guys inside and they won't affect our budget <laughs> if we can't <laughs> work on stuff. Uh, so I made some connections with those guys and... Uh, Within like four months of being there, I had, uh, um, they were in the early stages of developing the Always Coca-Cola campaign. Okay. Um, and I, one of the brand graphic uh, 
art directors, managers that I had connected with was in charge of creating a logo for always Coca-Cola just for the packaging. Mm. Um, so I knew that was going on and I said, um, I just decided one day to stay a little bit later than usual. And I just, you know, I just thought, well, I'm just going to see what I can come up with. No one asked me to. So I just did it. I did like two or three options and uh, printed them out, mounted them on blackboards. And this is like, you know, way after hours, like three or four hours after everybody already left. And I snuck into his office and slid them into the middle of this huge stack. He'd had like three or four agencies working on this. I slid them into the stack in the middle because uh, I knew his presentation was the next day. And, uh, you know, went home. And then I thought, I thought after I got home, I was like, oh, crap, what if they pick one of mine and they don't know who did it? <laughs> <laughs> so I got in early the next morning and I said, look, I just want to let you know I you know, if you want to take them out, I'm cool. But I just, I did this. And he's like, no, that's fine. Cool. We'll put them in and see what happens. So lo and behold, uh, out of all those, they picked one of mine. Wow. Uh, for the uh, always Coca-Cola logo. And like I said, it was just meant to be on packaging because they had all, already had a whole ad campaign going or about to launch. But uh, the logo I designed got picked up and just went all over the place, all over the world. And you can still find it all over the world in different languages. Um, that's amazing, man. Um, so that kind of helped, uh, I guess, bring some a little bit of spotlight internally to me that I was could do something. Mm -hmm. uh, so a few months later, the same art director was in charge of creating the identity or the look for Coca-Cola and the Super Bowl, which was going to be in Atlanta that year. Um, and so I, like I ended up creating the whole look for the Super Bowl for Coca-Cola. Oh, that's awesome, man. That year. Uh, so, I mean, again, I'm 24, 25 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't go to design school. I'm just I'm just doing it, making it up as I go. <laughs> so I'm doing the illustrations. I'm doing the design, all this stuff. Um, so that kind of picked up some steam, and they ended up pulling myself and another uh, guy about my same age uh, out of that group as two designers, and they stuck us over in a different couple of offices and said, okay, these are two designers that you guys can use for design projects. Uh, his name's Ellis Richardson. He's a great guy, great designer. Uh, he lives down in South Georgia now. But uh, anyway, for several years, I guess that was about a year into my stay. So for the next five, six, seven years at Coke, I was Ellis and I were just the internal designers for packaging brand identity. Um, so then from there, I worked on Surge, uh, worked with Ellis on the Cherry Coke rebrand in the mid-90s, um, several several great opportunities uh, there. But in that course of uh, working on, uh, once they shifted us from like local promotional type stuff, like mm -hmm. the Super Bowl and that type stuff, we actually started getting to work on rebrands or new product brand identities. Oh. Uh, so that is how I got, they connected me for the Surge project. Uh, it was just, I was the only designer connected with the new products department, which was two people, right. <laughs> a director and a manager. And uh, I helped them from the early, I mean, we went to focus groups before we even had a name for the product, uh, just all over the country, 
uh, went through that whole process of learning who the customer is and how can we connect with them. Um, so that was, I like to say I got my master's in branding at Coke because I worked with brand leaders from all over the world. Uh, the director for new products at the time was uh, Scott Graham. He's from Australia, brilliant guy. Uh, at the time, the brand manager for uh, Cherry Coke was Khalil Yunus, who's a brilliant guy from, um, uh, forgot what country, somewhere in the Middle East. Okay. Uh, sorry, I forgot his, exactly, but uh, but he's gone on. He was CMO for uh, one of the huge beer companies in Europe for a while after that. Uh, anyway, I worked with a ton of just brilliant marketing and branding people. Uh, so I, I kind of grew up in, at Coke, not really learning from other designers, other than my co, my peers who, you know, we pushed each other. Right. But I didn't have necessarily designers above me that um, had been through the process already. I learned from brand people. So I feel like that's given me a, a different perspective as far as creating brand, brand identities uh, from the design point of view. I like that, man. That's um, that's a that sounds like an awesome ride. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's been crazy. <laughs> so, what would you say? Um, just in case, it may have been all easy. It may have been you. Tom probably had no problems at all. But just in case, what would you say was <laughs> some of the the greatest struggles you had to kind of overcome? Oh, uh, how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, huge struggles. Um, you know, early on it was, what am I doing and do I really belong here? Oh. Um, you know, uh, confidence. Right. Um, and that quickly turned into, uh, after some success that quickly turned into overconfidence. Oh. Um, it's hard to be 25 and working for the world's largest marketer. <laughs> right. Doing, doing stuff that people recognize instantly all over the world and not feel like you're, you're the man. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, I, I think over the years, God's really had to help me with my humility. Mm. Um, that's not a fun lesson to learn, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, it is a uh, it is an important one um, because, and I say that to say, and I tell younger designers just now, it's like, you know, you've got to you've got to promote yourself because no one else is going to do it. Because uh, you know, here I am at Coke, I'm working busting my butt, working long hours, um, and I feel like doing pretty good work. I mean, it was it was going on shelf, so it was good enough for that. Um, but I just mistakenly thought, if I work my butt off and show people how good I am, I'll be recognized and rewarded and promoted, and uh, that didn't happen. That didn't and uh, I sat back too long thinking I was it to later realize, wait, nobody realizes I'm it. <laughs> wow. Um, 
So I think that was a, a big lesson to learn. Um, still learning it. I mean, you know, 12 years out of my own and I still forget to market myself and uh, to really focus on that at times when I should be. Right, 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 right. So who would you say kind of kept you together during this? Who would you say your, your support system is? Who you um, draw the energy from? People you could rely on when Tom was down and out? Yep. Well, uh, uh, I do have a faith. Uh, I, I lean on that probably too many times when it's beyond the boiling point. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, also very important in my life is my wife. She's my best friend. She knows me better than anybody. She's fully supportive. Uh, she's my sounding board. She's my, you know, rock. Um, she's the one who's always there. She knows, you know, she knows half the time when I get halfway through my first sentence of venting about something, she'll stop me and say, okay, we've been through this. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Um, so I would say her, you know, my kids are a big part of my life. Um, I, uh, I have some great friends, uh, probably my best friend that helps me work through all of the insanity of being a creative is Robert McClurkin. Um, he, uh, he and I worked together years and years ago and we both are out on our own now on this adventure of being on our own, but we Skype almost, I don't know, almost daily, uh, as if we were working in a, you know, office next to each other. Uh, so he, uh, he also helps me get through the, uh, you know, those times of what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's amazing, man. It's good to have those people, and I, I'm I'm a man of faith too, so I know what it means to kind of call upon that when you yeah. when you need it. So, yeah. how did the creating the identity for Woodstock come about? Mm. That goes back to that whole self promotion marketing thing. Mm. Uh, I actually about four years ago. Uh, Actually, a little more than four years ago, uh, I started thinking, you know, sitting in my office thinking, okay, I need more business. Uh, what's some opportunities maybe I can look into? And uh, I was like, you know, this craft beer thing's kind of taking off. And I've got a boatload of beverage experience. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> maybe I should look into that. <laughs> So I just started doing a little research online, and I I just typed in Georgia craft breweries, mm. and I thought you know there's probably some in Atlanta. You know, Sweetwater had already started taking off then, and I thought I'd heard of a couple others. So I thought, well, maybe there's some within a 30 mile radius of me uh, that I could contact, and it would be a good fit. So I started scrolling down. They had a whole list of different cities and towns in Georgia that had breweries. I'm scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down, looking through. I was like, oh, that's okay. That might work. That might, that's cool. I'm making note of that. Get down, and it says Woodstock, Reformation Brewery. And I was like, what? There's no brewery in Woodstock. I mean, I've been living here in Woodstock for, <laughs> you know, almost 20 years at that point. And uh, 
So they had a link to their website, went to their website, read their story. They had they didn't have anything yet. They had they had the little R logo, little icon, and a website. And that was really it. They had started as a home brewery kind of thing and had just grown a fan base. And uh, so I love their story. They were the CEO and one of the main founders is a uh, pastor. Uh, so, and of course, Reformation's uh, named after uh, the Reformation, Martin Luther and the Reformation. Right, 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 right. So there was that spiritual faith connection. Um, so I just sent them a cold email through their website, through their form, and just said, hey, I'm Tom Cox, I'm here in Woodstock. I love what you've written, what you're doing. All, all the best. I wish you nothing but success. Oh, and by the way, I have this experience. <laughs> uh, if you ever need help, I mean, I thought at the time, they probably already have a designer. You know, they probably don't need me, whatever. But I just said, look, I'm here if you need me. So they actually replied back. Met with them like a week later, and uh, before you know it, I'm I'm taking their brand from where it was to where it is now. Uh, I've done majority of all their package design, helped them establish how do you take this brand um, identity across, you know, sales, in store, retail, uh, and design the taps for all of their stuff. The and then, of course, the cans, the bottles, packaging, all that stuff. So that that kind of helped. That was actually one of my first local clients. Wow. Um, so that kind of started connecting me with local uh, government officials, city officials, businesses. Uh, names started getting out in the community a little bit more. Uh, which is sad because I've been here, like I said, 20, 20 years. years. And, uh, you know, it just, you know, I mean, I guess part of it is I came out of a time period where, before the Internet. Right. And I thought, well, if I'm going to make it, I've got to do the big brands. You know, they're all over the country. They're not here in Woodstock. So anyway, connected with them, uh, the, uh, the head of uh, Woodstock's economic development is a big supporter of the brewery. Very connected with the brewery. I met him there. Uh, he actually asked me to bid on a project uh, for this. Uh, it was actually was not for the city. It was for a local uh, nonprofit that was working with the area to develop a trail system. Uh, they asked me to bid on that project. I did. I didn't get it. Mm. But a year after that, when the city branding the city of Woodstock came up they were like we want you to do the they didn't there was no bidding it was just a they want we want you to do it wow so that's another lesson of not all your failures are bad right, right. <laughs> which is true sometimes they lead to better stuff uh so that, that that connection with the brewery connected me with the city of Woodstock and uh you know took them through the whole process and uh, it's been a great, great relationship. That's amazing, man. That that is that is amazing. That is amazing. So, um, cold emailing does work after all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would think I would. Still do that. <laughs> Maybe I'll try that again. One <laughs> all right. So let's let's 
So, how me and you met was at a talk that Mike was giving at this this meetup that I didn't even know exists. Right. And small town creatives. Small town creatives. Yep. Let's talk about how did that start the genesis of that a little bit. All right. Well, um, we started Small Town Creatives about 14 months ago, September of 16. Um, about a year before that, uh, I'm sitting here working in my office, uh, my studio, and uh, I get an email from some young designer guy and he's like hey i just found you on social media and you're in woodstock i had no idea there was other designers in woodstock and i was like and i'm thinking oh i didn't know there was either <laughs> <laughs> i've been here 20 years i don't know so anyway that designer was uh, scott fuller of studio temporary um so he was like hey can we meet have coffee sometimes love to get to know you pick your brain uh, and literally a couple weeks after that, I got an email from, um, uh, Colin Harmon, mm. uh, design director at North point. Yep. Uh, uh, almost identical email. Hey, I just found you on social. Didn't know you were here. I'm here local too. Can we meet, do lunch, love to pick your brain. So it's at that point I started realizing, okay, one, I'm the old guy now <laughs> <laughs> and people want to seek my wisdom <laughs> uh and uh two it's like wow there's uh i had no idea there was this many young talented people in this area right and literally a, a month or two after that another one stephen wright uh, of nimble design he uh, practically same email hey i loved i just found you can we get together have some coffee so it just kind of built like that over a few months and then you know, and, and Robert and I are talking about it, and uh, he had met some other local younger, like, illustrators in the area, and we were finally like, you know what, we should just get everybody together at once, you know, because, right. one, I can't go have coffee and lunch every day. Every day, right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, we, uh, we just decided, let's see if we can get together, and actually with my uh, connections at the city of Woodstock, uh, I mentioned to them that I was, we were thinking about starting this meetup oh. and they were like, well, you can have it here at our offices because they have a few conference rooms we could borrow and use. Um, so that's how it started. We started like a kind of like a little Friday morning coffee meetup, wow. uh, back in September of 16. And the first time we met, we had seven people total counting me and Robert. So <laughs> we had seven people. And we just thought, well, we'll, we'll try this for, and see what happens. We did it for a couple months, um, and uh, it just kind of started growing. And so, uh, long story short, uh, 14 months later, we're averaging over 50 people a, a meet. That's awesome, man. And it was partially, like, when I found it, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I got to be a part of this. Yeah. I got um because... After coming here from New York, <clears throat> I haven't really gotten an opportunity to really like connect with a group of creatives. 
I yeah. in Georgia, outside of yep. Georgia, online, of course, it's great. Right. But yep. in Georgia, I haven't gotten that opportunity. So when I found out, I found out about this through Mike, I was like, this is something I definitely want to be a part of. Yeah, the thing we found is, you know, this, like I said, we just kind of went into this blind. But um, at first we were thinking, you know, there's, there's, you know, meetups and opportunities in Atlanta. Yes. Um, but for people unfamiliar, Woodstock is about 30 miles north of Atlanta. And I'm sure everyone's heard about our traffic. So if you want to go to an early morning meetup, like a Creative Mornings, you have to get up at 5 a.m. to fight traffic to hope you get there, you know, on time. Uh, and then, you know, half your day shot, uh, which is, I mean, it's great. We, I still do it every now and then because it's, you know, it's a great organization. They have great speakers. Uh, or AIGA, if you do something in the evening, that's still quite a hassle to get there through traffic and, you know, time with family and all that stuff. So we just thought, well, let's try to do something here local that people can get to within five or ten minutes, and it's not that big a hassle. Uh, and like, and first of all, I mean, at first we were just having just meetups; we weren't having speakers or anything. But then it just it grew. Uh, so we just start. Well, we'll have some local creative people, and then uh, in May of sixteen, our friend Von Glitschka yep. uh, was going to be in town. Uh, anyway, and I said, well, hey, if you're going to be in town, would you mind speaking at our group? Um, and he was like, yeah, I'd be glad to. He goes, but I can't do a morning, I can do an evening. So that's actually the first time we moved it from the um, city office space to the brewery. Um, so Vaughn kind of helped us see, oh, you know what? More people can come in the evenings, <laughs> and apparently more people like beer than coffee. So <laughs> uh, it just worked out. That was a great fit. Uh, the brewery has been just incredibly kind. They we do it on a Tuesday night because they're not usually open on Tuesday, so it helps them, you know, bring in revenue that doesn't you wouldn't usually get. Um, so it's just been a good partnership in that regard. Uh, and it's just, it's really just building a community of these local creatives that, uh, like I said, it's, it's growing beyond our belief and our, our expectations. Um, and the, and the cool thing I think is we started this thinking it would be like designers, illustrators, right. uh, but it quickly just word of mouth just grew. And we have a huge mix of designers, illustrators, photographers, writers, filmmakers, um, you know, I mean, I mean, everyone knows now Georgia's like the new Hollywood. Right. Uh, we had one back in uh, September, we had uh, Jim Spruill speak, and he's a longtime Atlanta ad guy, Does film, has his own film company now. So we had film night. Uh, and we had almost 60 people, and we had two couples who had moved here. They were screenwriters, uh, editors, film editors, all this stuff, who had been living in L.A., working in Hollywood. They have moved to the Woodstock area to work in film in Georgia. Wow. And I was, that blew my mind. I was like, wow, this is, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of, I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible mix of talent that uh, we're just blown away by. That's amazing, man. Um, as I told you before, whatever you need, just let me know. 
Because I, well, I can help. You know what I mean? I love what you guys are doing. I really enjoyed uh, the night when we uh, kind of got to meet up and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's just building a community that's just growing. And it's, uh, you know, we, we've kind of decided to stop calling it a networking event because it's it's not like your normal. It's not. It's, it's, it's more much more of a community. Uh, people just getting to know each other and sharing and encouraging. And uh, it's it's been really great. Awesome. So what's next for Tom? Mm, that is a great, great question. <laughs> I've been asking that myself. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, I, I'm still continuing to try to fine tune my, my process uh, of what I do for customers. Uh, uh, I'm, I've been advising uh, you know, clients for years to focus, you know, you have to have a focus for your brand if you really want it to work. And of course, you know, it's hard for me to take my own advice. Uh, but I continue to try to do that, to create a focus of what am I providing for my clients? Um, because I feel like I have this, uh, whether you call it a gift or experience or all of that combined to help people tell a story. And um, I just want to continue to uh, refine that process and what I can offer clients uh, and grow my business in the process. Um, but I've also lately, over the last several years, I haven't figured out a way to get there yet, but I also want to see what that would be like uh, without clients uh, to do work of my own, right. whether it's art uh, or you know, design projects. Uh, you know, creating products of my own. I'm not sure what that is yet, but I know it's in there and I just got to figure out a way to get it out. Awesome, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, so just to end it off, um, what advice would you give to creatives, to um, people that are trying to just grow? Um, mm -hmm. What advice would you give? Uh I got a lot of advice, <laughs> a lot about what to do. <laughs> uh, you know, one, uh, if you have some success, like I mentioned early on, stay humble. Uh, there's plenty of people more talented than you. That doesn't mean you're not talented and you're not, uh, you know, able and uh, good enough. Uh, but stay humble and stay uh, focused on the purpose of what you're doing, not the recognition of what you're doing. Um, and then also, uh, you know, ah, well, here's, here's, here's some advice uh, that I have been sharing recently with younger designers is while you're young and you have all the energy to work day and night, Figure out what it is you want to do most and do that for you. So if you have this dream of doing your own products, doing your own design work, uh, you know, whether it's art or whatever, pour all your energy into that. Don't sit and do work for a client that you think eventually they're going to recognize and reward you because you know clients have their own focus, which it's not to blame them. I, right. I get it. It's uh, 
but you can't sit back and wait. Uh, you got to go get it. Man. I think that's a, a epic note to end on. You can't <laughs> sit down and wait. You got to go get it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. Well, Tom, I mean, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom, sharing your story. Oh, man. I love everything you do. Thank you. Thank you. Daryl, I, I appreciate you having me on here, and I hope uh, other locals hear about small-town creatives and connect with us with our community. And uh, like I said, I can't thank you enough for having me on here, and uh, it's been great getting to know you and look forward to uh, getting to know more. Awesome, man. Well, I'm going to let you go for now, but thanks again right. for coming on, Tom. All right. Thanks, Daryl. Appreciate it. All right. Bless you. Yep, you too. You can always connect with me at DP Creates on Instagram or Twitter. If you ever want to have a conversation, ask a question, that's DP Creates at Instagram or Twitter. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I would love to get your feedback. So please leave a review on iTunes and keep sharing the podcast on social media. Be blessed.